We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball's Mavs Party. The Dallas Mavericks just defeated the San Antonio Spurs in overtime. One, what was it? 134 or 137 to 128. It was an absolute abomination of basketball. But they won. Oh, it was kind of a, it was a shockingly somehow a record breaking game with five Dallas Mavericks scoring 20 points or more for the first time in franchise history. This, of course, coming in a game where the Dallas Mavericks were down their top three, well, three of their top four scorers in Christian Wood coming into the game with a questionable tag only to play, play 28 minutes. And really helped seal the game along with Dwight Powell uh, in the fourth quarter when the Spurs turned the tank up to one million, and you know essentially gave away the game as they s- stopped being able to score the basketball. So we're going to hang out for a while, and then we're going to uh, we're going to not think of this game or talk about this game ever again because it was awful, and I did not enjoy myself one bit. Coming up first, my man Nav. What's going on tonight? Hey, uh, how are you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hey, you there? Yeah, buddy, we can hear you. Oh, sorry, you. sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. I sorry, I messed this thing up to start with. Um, so I don't know what Maxi was doing at the end of. All right, my man kicked himself off stage, which is a remarkably impressive skill. We're going to invite him. 
it, it, what he did was the equivalent of of Maxi punting himself uh, from the lineup by throwing that bizarre out of bounds pass. We're going to give Nav a second to figure out if he can come back in here. In the meantime, I'm going to invite up my guy Sam. Uh, oh no, there's Nav again. All right, let's try this again. Third time's a charm, right? Yeah, hopefully. There. We um. Go. So I'm sorry. Did so? Did we ever get a clarification on J Kid on what happened with Maxi at the end, or no? I We're mean, just chalking that up to garbage. I I haven't listened to J Kid quotes. I'm trying not to until after I'm done with these because I don't want to get mad on a show live. Mm, okay, so you didn't listen. You didn't see what uh, his response to Grant. Uh, I did before the game, the weird thing before the game, but not after the game, no. Okay. I thought it was one thing I noticed was we were playing two big lineups. Which was nice. Yeah, it was nice to have two guys out there. That's one positive I guess we could take away from this game. Um, I guess one one question I had for you um, was – with regarding Jason Kidd, I don't know if you want to go down this road given what you just said about him. Um, so we already established he's not a leader. We established he's not an X's and O's guy. There's an argument I've heard other people make that he's a vibes guy. And do you see any value in the coach being just a vibes guy? I mean, anybody that said that has not read Mirren Fader's book and not paid okay. any attention to his previous two stops. That's that's how I feel about that. Like he's a he's a coach whose name we know. That's what he is. Okay. All right, and then um, that's really all I had. I'll get out of here. I already messed. This you up did not game. mess it up. This is a weird app. Every time I start a new room, it tells me there's a server error and won't let me actually join my own room. Every night, it's ridiculous. Oh. This thing is funny. So thank you so much for hanging out. All right. All right, coming up next then, my man Sam. How we doing, Sam? Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing good. How you doing? It's uh, you know, it's a glass case of emotions type game. Oh yeah, yeah. This this was the most undeserving win in the history of wins. I'm I'm convinced. Like any team that's won a game that didn't deserve it, this was the worst. So we we didn't deserve it. Well, I mean, look at like look at some of the raw stats underneath it. It's like you want to talk yourself into being happy after a win, which if that's your place, I if that's what you want to do, not you, Sam, I'm meaning you, Mavs fan listening, I get it. But the Mavs needed not 11 missed free throws and to shoot 52% to beat the Spurs, or from three to, to, to beat the Spurs. Like, there is nothing about this game which pleased me outside of, like, some individual, like, there's no, like, team concepts from, like, oh, hey, look at that, they did this well. You know, like, they did the really brilliant thing of being Christian Wood, which is, uh, you know, a shocking revelation. That, you know, I, but even Hill, even him, you know, 28 points, he really carried us home. But, my man, you've got to stop offensive fouling. <laughs> yeah, these are karate moves. you got to stop doing that. I like that. But, but, I mean, yeah, just with that, Christian Wood, obviously, you know, he, he had a good game, all things considered. Um, to be honest, the only guy which I really think, like, stepped up, I mean, they, they stepped up, relatively speaking. So I'm not saying they didn't play good at the end. But Josh Green, he backed up his talk. He's he, done really well. Yeah, he's the one that said, listen, we got to come out with energy. We got to come out and play hard and this and that. And he backed it up, which I could appreciate because everybody else, for the most part, until Dwight Powell turned into, like, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell, like, in the fourth quarter, like, it was it was ass. Like, <laughs> it was it was the, it was one of those – 
this is the end type of games. Like, it was literally that close for it to be happening. Because if they lost this game, Kirk, I'm not even joking. I would say, listen, Kyrie, just chill out the rest of the season. Luca, just don't worry about it, man. Just Let's just tank. I don't even care because we literally almost lost to a team that was literally not trying to win the game. They were trying. They were just I mean, playing. the players were trying. It's just like things, you know, when you sit that many guys, because no, 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 no. they had seven guys out, it's like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they were playing hard. I'm not saying they weren't, but they weren't. They, they were trying. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're trying hard, but they're not trying to win. Yeah. So it's like they're just playing, and we just couldn't be the team that was just playing the game. We just had to bail ourselves out twice, and then even in the end, we still almost gave it away again. Yeah. Oh, uh, this. I said, <laughs> Jacob in the chat says we're forgetting that nobody died. At least. Oh, yeah, nobody died. I mean, I mean, I was close to choking myself. But other than that, like, yeah, nobody died. But you know, hey, yeah, we we won the game. Yay, the Mavericks win. Like. Well, we, we get we get to prolong any sort of sense of upset at, you know, because they play the Lakers Friday, and the Lakers lost tonight, and the Wolves lost. Somebody pointed that out in the chat. I was, did not know the Wolves lost. Uh, from what I understand, the, the end of that game was like an abomination of officiating. Like, all I was all my group chats were blowing up about that. And then the, uh, the Lakers lost because Anthony Davis did not play because he had a, a boo-boo. Um, but he will probably play Friday. Yeah, and I mean, if all things considered, if we win that game, hey, you know, then we'll be fine. I, I guess you could say, well, we'll be back over five hundred. I mean, there's an earnest to goodness argument that because like, it's it, they have some games that they just can't afford to lose, and this was one of them. They still play the Spurs one more time, I think. Yeah, we play the Spurs, and I think we play Charlotte twice still. So it's like those got to be at least three games. They have to be three wins. So yeah. it's I, I I I said last time I want like seventy thirty not to make the playoffs. I, I want to make the playoffs because it's just it's the playoffs. It's fun, but that's right. Team, this, this has been all things you know speaking. I think this is like one of the worst map seasons of all time, just considering the expectations and just everything sure. that's going on. I mean, hell, the no. the nineties. I don't count the nineties because that was just that was the nineties. But like. Yeah. Even with all the times we were, you know, 51 teams losing first round game, first round series, and, you know, losing the finals and all that stuff or whatever. It's just everything that's gone on this year, just with the coaching, the players, the owner, the team building, everything. It's just been an abomination. And then this game just kind of summed it up. So, um, yeah, yep. but I'll, I'll get off. I'm just, I'm just bitching at this point. So, <laughs> well, you're good, man. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging out. In the, uh, in the chat, there's a couple of people having a conversation, you know, talking about who plays Friday. Who doesn't play? I think Luca plays Friday. I do agree with that sentiment there. And then um, somebody asked, Ethan asked if, if like, basically said he thinks Kyrie Irving's going to play. Kyrie Irving's pregame statements tonight, kind of during shoot around, so not tonight, kind of this afternoon, were a little alarming because he's essentially describing a a plantar uh, injury that you you don't. There's nothing to do with that other than time. Anybody that has had that sort of foot injury, and it's it's like the tendon that's between like the ball of your foot, uh, going all the way down the base of your foot, like that shit hurts. It really hurts. You know, like snapping it, like is hard to do, but hurt. Like you can irritate it, and you know, Kyrie, think about what what makes Kyrie Kyrie. His footwork, his impeccable quickness, and if your feet don't work, you know, if your feet are uncomfortable, you're not able to do that. 
and and yeah, it, it, it was. I, I, somebody might want to go find that. The uh, McMahon, I think, was one of the one posting like a longer thing from him today, and just the way he described his foot pain made me think of of that. Like he 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 didn't um he didn't like come out and just like say he has plantar fasciitis, but he just basically described like irritation in that tendon and. You know, I, I I think he wants to play, but I also think he wants to take care of himself before he, you know, has a chance to sign a contract. And you can't really begrudge him of that. So it's, you know, if he doesn't play, I'm not going to be surprised. If he does play, I'm going to be happy. Um, okay. Tyron, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Kirk? I am doing well. And Lewis in the chat wants to correct me. He's correct. Uh, the, the fascia is not a tendon, but it does... I've hurt myself. I've I have so many fucking injuries as I've gotten older. Um, and Vladi asks, how long does a, does a foot like injury like this takes to heal? And it's like, it's different for every person. Like you basically aren't supposed to like use your feet, which good luck. <laughs> so what's going on? I just want to get a couple of things off. I've been trying to get back to the uh, chat room for the last couple of days, but work hasn't permitted to do so. So here we are. Uh, First things first, that was probably the worst excuse of a professional basketball game I've ever seen in my entire life. At least they I mean, won, I'm, I'm pretty right? Sure. I mean, but yes, that was a really rough. That was the equivalent to waking up next to Flavor Flay first thing in the morning ugly. That was a, that was ugly basketball. That was terrible. But anyway, um, I got a couple spicy takes for you. So... Last year, not last year, year before last, when everybody was rallying to get Rick Carlisle out of Dallas, you know, Mark Cuban came to his defense over and over and over and over again. As of late, we heard anything from Mark Cuban. Well, what do you think about that? So I'm trying to think because the Mavericks have been dealing with like a side lawsuit. I know that's a thing related to that cryptocurrency that was like the Mavericks official currency. Um, Cuban has done no media. You're right about that. I don't, oh, I definitely don't think it's something to read into, um, about him not doing media in relation to anything, kid. I just think that, like, when they're playing 500 basketball and there's a lot of distractions that are, like, right around the team, he's smart enough to know when he can take an ad. It's one thing if he wants to change the conversation, but, I think it's it's almost like a misdirection when he does those sorts of things. And there's not really anything like what do you misdirect from? Like they're not terrible, but they're not good. And, you know, they got Kyrie and the, they got a big media bump out of that. You know, the, and, and so there's there's just not I don't really think there's a lot of upside for him to do media right now. I mean, maybe he will. Yeah, well. Now is the time that he shuts oh, yeah. up after the last couple of years. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I got I got another thing for you. Uh, you know, the, the thing that, that I think about when I think about Jason Kidd is the one game where he was the head coach up in Milwaukee and he tells one of the assistant coaches, bump me. And, you know, they knock water on the court or whatever and they get a timeout out of it. Yeah. No, but, I think that was Brooklyn. That was, that was, oh, yeah, Brooklyn. That was Brooklyn. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. So Brooklyn. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jason Kidd is doing some of the stupid stuff that he's doing on purpose in order to get into the play-in. I think Nick Angstead said this on today's episode of Locked on Mavs, and I, I thought about it like a week ago. I'm trying to get up here and say this, but wouldn't that 
it wouldn't surprise me if he's doing something like that. To what do you uh, mean? Like to try to get to the play in? I think he's trying to get to the play in because in his sick, twisted mind, he thinks it's going to be an easier way to get further in the playoffs. Like that has Jason Kidd written all over it. I mean, if Luca and Kyrie are hurt, there's an argument to be made that the difference between the sixth seed and the seventh seed is kind of marginal because if you're, you know, you don't want either one of them to be hurt. Like you would, and I, I, I'm very pro Jason Kidd conspiracy takes because we can't actually prove any of it. But that's one where I'm like, I just, I think there's like real health concerns. Like Luca does not sit out games and he would like, he was really in a lot of pain in that Pelicans game. And it just, you know, it, it makes me wonder how long he's not been in a good spot because, you know, since the heel injury against the other Pelicans game um, where he came down, where he tried that, like, you ever, how old are you? Because there was a movie when I was a kid called The Air Up There that starred Kevin Bacon, and Kevin Bacon dunks. And, like, when Luca tried <laughs> yes. to dunk, it reminded me of the <laughs> Kevin Bacon dunk where he just, like, hits the front of the rim. A really old person reference. But that, that's that's just sort of where I am at the moment. I'm not, I'm not I, I could buy it either way. Yeah. And uh, uh, one more thing, uh, and I'll hop off. Uh, I was listening to uh jj reddick's uh old man in the three podcast day with damian lillard on there did you get a chance to check that out good yet? show oh it was good and it's just it, it what damian lillard was saying as far as today's nba uh really struck a chord with me uh being um, you asked i'm 32 so i grew up you know during the kobe era and dirt going to the playoffs and all that kind of sure. stuff i remember that like it was yesterday and it, it the league has definitely changed and has become it's almost become uh, just not even sports anymore. It's more entertainment than anything. Uh, how, how did you feel about his comments on the show? I mean, Dame is is a guy that I feel like I, I have sort of like mixed feelings about him. I think he does the same thing that like Luca and Harden does where he plays the way he wants to play, but gets zero criticism compared to Luca. Um, that's a side tangent that, and so, but it colors like my perception of him, despite like how freaking cool a lot of his play is. But when he talks about a lot of it, you know, he's a guy who's a gamer. He played through that ab injury for like years. Like he had that, that, the, the thing that took him out last year, he was dealing with that for like two plus seasons. He just didn't want to get it fixed. And so it's like, I understand what so much of this though. And I'm, I've learned this. I, I really thought it was players. But what I've learned is that a lot of times with the way that, that these teams are getting screwy with load management is it really is the teams. And so you have a few outlier guys who screw up everything for everyone else. Ka- Kawhi Leonard and what he did to the Spurs is something that's just going to take a generation for people to forget. I mean, to a certain extent, and I'm, this is going to make people mad, sorry, some of the stuff Kyrie did over the last couple of seasons has really colored people's views. And it's like, Oh, every NBA player does that. It's like, no, most of these guys want to play, but they're physically kind of unable to some nights because the game is really physically taxing in a way that it wasn't in the eighties in particular. And it's taxing in a way that was different than it was in the nineties, because it's like, think about it in the nineties. Did you ever see a center challenging a three point shooter? That sort of like side to side motion is really tough on the body. Like it's like the, no. the obliques and that sort of muscles. So it's like I, I see his point, but I also don't know. How- 
fix it unless you really do some rule changes to the game itself. Like, I think you have to eliminate the corner three, for example. I, there, there's things that would need to change in the game. You need to reinstate the hand check I, to slow down scoring. Like, there's things that I think that would need to that, – that would change the game yes. and then change how players approach the game. Does that make any sense? No, totally, totally. And one thing that stuck out to me about the uh, the interview was uh, JJ Reddick was uh, uh, in, in in response to Damian Lillard saying that some younger players don't pay their dues essentially, and they're just hand, handed the keys to these uh, you know NBA organizations. And it sounded almost like JJ Reddick was talking about uh, Luca at one point in that podcast without name well, dropping. Think about it. Think uh, about the guy. I- there's Trey, there's yeah. Luca. Um, what are other young guys that have really kind of come in, made a big fuss? Like, there's three or four guys that I think you could could really kind of apply that sort of thing to over the long haul. And it's 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 very it's very difficult because like Luca in particular, he's the one we care about. I've been thinking about this. Let right. me. So you've been testing you've been testing takes out on me. Talk to now, now. Hear this take from me. I can't believe we're doing this after a Spurs game. So, I was talking to somebody that I basketball mind who has been around the game for 25 years. I appreciate his thinking a lot. He's smarter than me, even though he's a little bit younger than me. But he said to me uh, the other day, he said, "You know, all this stuff you guys complain about—the coaching, the peripheral stuff around the Mavericks, Cuban, the roster." None of it matters unless Luka Doncic grows the fuck up. And I took offense to it, and then I was like, okay, keep going. And he said, you know, think about it. Luka has to stop complaining to the refs. He has to come into camp in shape and then stay in shape in season. He has to stop barking at the refs. He has to be a better leader on the floor. If those things don't happen, all the other stuff that you guys complain about all the time does not matter. And I've been thinking about that. It's been five days since somebody said that to me. And I've been thinking about that because I I, I, I kind of think he's right, as much as I always defend Luca. What do you think? <sighs> I kind of I kind of just jump on the bandwagon of, of JJ Reddick and JJ Berea. I want Luca to first and foremost give a shit. And I think I think after that, every I'm not saying he doesn't now, but if he really did, he wouldn't be out of shape. He wouldn't be complaining to referees. He wouldn't be, you know, sitting out defensive possessions to do whatever the fuck he wants on the other side of the court. Like that, that kind of stuff needs to stop. And once that stops, everything else will fall into place. It's difficult you know. because he's learned through, you know. He's learned through experience that he can be a top three to five to eight, whatever range you want to put him at, player in the world doing what he's done. But the difference between him, and I, I don't put Joel Embiid in this because I, I, I am not a Joel Embiid person. I think he gets this ridiculous, he gets this fucking same. media boost for being <laughs> on the East Coast and for partying with NBA players. But Jokic and Giannis in particular, Giannis is my is my city on a hill for Luka Doncic because it's a guy that has made it work through sheer force of will. And I think Luka has the will. He just needs to put it into practice. I really think Luka can get there, but 
to me, there's still a chasm between those those two guys and Luca. Is is that unreasonable? Yeah. No, it's the it's the it's the it's the competitive it's the innate competitive nature that Giannis has, and and once I don't know what it's gonna take to you know get Luca to tap into that, but you know once he has a, a summer, you know where Jordan just took the whole summer off and started bulking up and and really getting his shit together until like we see that Luca, we're gonna be stuck with the crybaby, you know, defense playing. Temper tantrum thrown as Luka Doncic, and I, I love Luka to death. I don't anybody so do to I. Take this right, ad. it's a, it's a. This comes from a place of like love that is so fierce that it's kind of hard to describe. It's like the kind of thing you would tell a family member or a best friend if you see them fucking around, because he's that special. He's that special. Yeah, but who's gonna step up and do yeah. it? That's the problem. Well, I think we've had some great takes tonight. What do you think? I would agree. Right. <laughs> I'll let somebody else hop Thanks on. So much. Guys, I, I saw something special happen while I was talking with Tyron. And we have a, a friend of the show who's not popped in, but once, I think only once all season. And you're going to be happy to hear him. And he's really, you know, he told us why he wasn't coming in earlier this season. You know, he, he, he was uh, coping with something and, and, you know, just he wasn't coming into the show. I didn't want to say what. I don't want to misspeak as to why, but with Jason Kidd at one of his lowest points, it is time for the man, the myth, the legend, Akiva. How are you, my friend? Welcome back. We missed you. Thank you you so much, my friend, Kirk. Uh, I love listening to you when I get a chance. And I love, more than that, I love talking to you. Uh, So I miss you too. Well, thank you. So what's what's Uh, going on, friend? Uh, I don't like pop in every once in a while to listen in, uh, not that often, but I pop in. But I'll tell you, you just said something that your friend told you about uh, the coach and the Cuban not mattering if Luca doesn't even get his act together. And he's wrong about that because there's no chance of Luca getting his act together if, if he does not respect the owner and he does not respect the coach. And he cannot respect those guys because they stink. See, now this is a this is a fun thing. So you're a parent, and it's so difficult when you've lost someone in uh, when you're in charge of them, when you're kind of playing a role in their lives. If you've lost someone's ear, to a certain degree, I don't think you can ever get it back. And one of the the side processes to this, because I, I think I agree with you. But then the question becomes, who does Luka Doncic respect? Because he didn't like Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle, NBA champion coach. Phil Jackson's too damn old. Who's left? Uh, maybe some player that would come in. and uh, But then, but then uh, you know, maybe it's interesting that they never really tr- tried hard or didn't want to get uh, – What's his name, man? Goran Dragic. Dragic. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure why that would be. Whether Luca really didn't want him there, which or... I've, I've I've heard. Just to be quite honest, I've heard that there were elements of like he and Luca, while obviously are lifetime friends, I have heard things to where. Luca would have been okay with it, but was also not super mad that it didn't happen. 
And if Luca really wanted to, to happen, it yes. would have happened. Right. There's no question about that. So a lot of it is on Luca, but also, as I said from the beginning, when they've hired Jason Kidd, if you don't have a coach, you don't have anything. You have a you have a, a ceiling that you cannot break through. Yes, it's possible. I could even say it's possible if Kyrie and Luca are, are totally healthy. You never know what could happen. But I would still say, even if the unbelievable happened and they went all the way, I still say that a kid is a terrible coach and you can't, can't have that. You can't. Well, one of the things I've been kind of running through this year, particularly as it pertains to Luca leadership and really um, sort of the length of business relationships, particularly competitive enterprises, I think that Cubans sort of desire to have the Mavs you know, map for life mantra really bites them in the ass because in any competitive industry, anything where you're striving to really like, you know, achieve something, there's going to be friction. And with friction sometimes means like the end of relationships and there's nothing wrong with a relationship ending so long as you don't wait too long. And I think they did that with Jason Kidd or not Jason Kidd. Uh, Rick Carlisle, they certainly did it with Donnie Nelson. Like Nelson, might, Nelson yeah. maybe should have been gone almost immediately. Yeah. Um, Rick Carlisle, maybe after, after Luca's rookie year, but you don't yeah. like at a certain point, it's like, why keep trying things that maybe aren't working? Like it, relationships ending is okay. And I, I just, I, I wish like the Mavericks understood that where it's like, if you have Luka Doncic and let's say you have him for 12 years, if you're lucky, if you go through four coaches that's okay because that means you you learn things and build things from those coaches each time. I mean, I don't think the Mavericks would have won an NBA championship without Avery Johnson before Rick Carlisle because you sort of learn what you need. And that's, I don't know, I'm rambling at this point, but it's just I, I, I wish Cuban sort of had a little bit more of that attitude because I, I, I don't think Jason Kidd's going anywhere. Yeah. This is this is the, this is the terrible thing when you have a bad coach and a, a bad general man, a bad owner. The owner will take will take three, four, five years to get rid of this guy, and then and then you'll waste it three or four or five years. One, the, my favorite like uh, manager, general manager was a hockey guy, uh, Lula Mariello. This guy fired the coach. When he was, when his team was in first place late, late in the season. But he knew that he had it because he's hanging out uh, around the team in practice. He knows what's going on. He knew that in his, in his head, he knew in his heart, he knew that the team was not doing its best. Mm-hmm. He didn't care that the team was in first place. He fired the coach. And it was a, na- a name player, a former player. I forgot who he was, but, but that's what it takes. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you one other thing. Uh, I'll tell you the difference between like, uh, Luca is not to me. He's like, I love Luca. I love his talent. I still love watching him is uh, no question, but he's a psycho and he missed, he, he doesn't, I'll tell you, he's not a real man. Like Jokic is, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Wow. Remember how, what's his name? Morris. Stepped on Lucas. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and 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 several times I I saw players rough 
um, Luca Rapp, whether it's uh, Russell Westbrook or a couple of other guys who the, I think maybe who who was it that later joined the Mavs also did it to him. Anyway, Luca always in those instances he he jumps up, he starts you know wanting to go head to head, but he he never really gets in a lick. Remember what happened with Jokic when when one of the Morrises? Oh yeah, grabbed him by the neck. Yeah. Him? He yeah. didn't give a rat's ass. He didn't give uh, a two seconds uh, chance for anybody chance for anybody to get in between him and and Morris. He went straight at him, put him out of out of out for the season or half a season, whatever it was. That's how that's how you that's how you act if you're a man. You know, I mean, that stuff is tough. There's so much money on the line. Like, I remember – so I know you weren't a Mavs fan then, but, like, one of the worst times to be a Dallas Mavericks fan, and there'll be some old heads way down in the chat that will remember this, is there was a Indiana Pacers player. Um, he might have been with New Orleans at this time. David West, who in after retirement has since said Dirk is, like, one of the hardest guys he was able to, to cover. Like, he has a lot of respect for Dirk. But in a game at one point, he went up – and grabs Dirk by the cheeks with one hand, like cups his chin, and Dirk did nothing. The Mavericks mm-hmm. did nothing. Completely, deep, like basically, like it was one of the most uncomfortable men because it's like, oh, this is my guy, Dirk. He's going to fight, and he did nothing. And like I've since sort of had to like deal with the fact that like a lot of these basketball players, like they talk a good game, but they don't really want to fight. I, I, I think with, you know, with $200 million on the line, there's so much of an incentive to not do it. But I do, I do kind of understand the core of what you're getting at, which is it'd be great if Luca could turn that frustration that he feels away from refs, teammates, and coaches and towards the other team a hell of a lot more often. Exactly. And you know what? If you have any kind of balls as a coach – or better yet, as an owner, you come up to Luca and say, Luca, uh, when you start hitting free throws con- on a consistent basis, that's when you can, can bitch at the refs. And he did early in the year. He shot like 80% for, for 20 games, and then he just died again. And it's like, man. It's never consistent. Well, I mean, he's 24. I still have a great deal of hope. I, I hope that this is the – that there's going to be – you know, because, you know, somebody pointed this out to me is – He's played 161 basketball games in the past like year and a half when you com- when you combine like playoffs plus uh, overseas stuff plus this season compared to Kawhi who's played like 60. And I really wonder if like an earnest to good which he's not going to get one this year cuz they play in World Cup. Like I really think a break could do him some some real good to where he could either let himself go to hell or he could really get his body right. Because I, it's just, when you look at how little of a time off he's had, he just doesn't get it. And he loves to play like that much is obvious, but it's, it's yeah. different. He doesn't get to work on his game. And you know, what's funny. Every, this happens every, every summer he goes, when he goes to play for Slovenia, he gets in some kind of shape, uh, maybe not the best shape, but he gets in much better shape. Then he shows up and he's talk about, oh, new, we're going to see a new lean Luca this season. And every year he shows up with a fat ass. Every <laughs> year. Every year. And it never changes. That's part of growing up. And, and every year they start him off as, as the Vegas 
MVP favorite, betting favorite. And he sh- he shows up with a fat ass might be the funniest thing I've heard on this podcast. Yeah, but it's, it's true. And I'm, and I'm one of his biggest fans, believe me. I know. We all are. This it's all comes true. from a place of love. It's, yes. And it's, it just pains me to, to see him like waste, waste that. I mean, he's unbelievable, but how, look how, how much better could he be if he was really in shape? Well, maybe I, I hope we'll find out because I really do think the best player in the league is right there. It's just a couple of changes. Well, my man, yeah. thank you so much for joining yeah. us. I'm glad you did once again. Thank you so much, my friend. Great. You too. Tell your uh, son-in-law, Josh, I say hi. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely real. He'll All right. Bye, guy. Okay. That was a special, special addition to the show. We, we love us some Akiva. Ruben. What's going on? I, I, you were—I was going to invite you up, but but Akiva was there. I, I had to. I uh, know. I feel What's like up? I always come up button. right after a goat for the green room. I think you did that last time after a guy like literally cried. Oh and yeah, you were like good that luck, Ruben. <laughs> my man, my man John Thornton, who was telling us about his dad. I was talking with him today. Man, that's good, man. Stay in touch with dude. He that was I a do. Good story, it's like you know who has like. I, I there's this uh, funny meme I post every now and again where it's uh, God I can't remember what movie it's from but like it has three pains and it's like Mom I made a new friend and the second one says real or podcast host and then the third panel <laughs> <laughs> and the third panel says podcast host and I think about that like every day because I have like you guys listen to me and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it but it's like I listen like my favorite show is The Ringers um, Midnight Boys which are these two guys, this, the, these two black guys discussing um, pop culture, right. and they just kill me. And it's my favorite thing I listen to every week. Bro, you – But, hey, so, so what's going on? Man, uh, this is this is a green room for the ages. I really like the conversations you guys were having. I was just sitting back and listening. I just want to touch on what you guys were talking about just real quick. Um, I think you were right, like um, what your friend um, was saying to you outside of the podcast or whatever, saying – even if Luca did change or whatever, it doesn't matter. Everything around him, I would say. That, I would say I, I don't agree with that, only because, um, just look at look at to, today's game was the best example. Luca is even if you hate Luca or really love Luca, you understand he's like five players in one for this team. Maybe on another team if he went somewhere with LeBron or whatever, but on the Mavericks, his home. He's like five players in one, and Kyrie may be two players in one. So that's like you're missing seven. Spurs missing seven players. But we know this roster is shit right now. We say it damn near every other podcast, this roster is shit, and Luka covers covers up for so much. So when we get a win like this, I'm like, like, why are you guys – we are super pissed off when we lose. Right, we are super pissed off to when we lose to the Rockets or the Warriors or whoever. But when we get a win against a trash team or whatever, it's like, eh, uh, eh, whatever, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, what? You guys were just crying because you lost to the OKC on the same. We haven't had these guys for three games and we've been losing, and it's been it's been hell. Like the world is ending, but we finally get a win, and yeah, it's. I was like, Pop, you're playing full court press and you want to lose for Wimby? What is going on? And they damn, we, Maxi damn near gave the game away. But I, I say that to say this it's like, 
Luca's not going nowhere. If you give Luca his, he can he can fire a coach quicker than we can, quicker than Cuban can. Yes. Um, he has that power now, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, the Mavs, when the Mavs miss the playoffs, that means something is wrong. We like in Dirk's career, when we miss the playoffs, something is wrong, and things change. So I I don't I look at Luca not needing a whole different front office. But if you give him good players, he'll get the he'll take care of the coach as long as him and a coach are on the same page. But if you give Luca players to play with, the sky's the limit for that guy. And and I'm I haven't get, given up on Kyrie. I, I really hope he gets healthy. Um he's the best player he's ever played with outside of Seawood, but that's a whole nother conversation we can sure. go to. But you have three guys I mean you give you Nico has given this guy two guys to to really help him. Seawood is not getting, you know, a fair shot at it to help him. I don't feel like, but yeah, those those offensive fouls, he really needs to go to the But, but he went Powell. back. I was really happy that kid went back to him in overtime. Yeah. Because I would have understood if kid didn't with how kind of weird he had been. But that was key. That was real key. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying about about the cuz the, the Luca take that I have is very, very chicken or the egg, which came first. And I think the reason that my friend has this take is because with Luca as the superstar, you don't want to leave anything to chance with what the superstar can do. Like what are the things within that superstar's control? But you want to be able to say, okay, he can't do anything more. And I think there's just been elements of, this year, which we've come in here and we've talked about it, this, the low-hanging fruit for Luca, like a thing that he could stop tomorrow if he really wanted to, is the talking to the refs. I, I really that's, mean that. But he just won't that's do it. Fine. He, he's tw- well, like you said, he's 24. He's young. He's young. Yep. But just look at this game tonight. Look how tired Josh Green was. Do, do we want him to be Josh Green? I don't want Luca to be Josh Green to be – have, he had to play both – like, literally, he looked like a cornerback tonight. It was one possession that the Spurs had. He went from the paint to the three, to the paint to the three, like, within seconds. And he was dead tired. He had no more legs left. I don't want to see Luka like that. And that's why you should savor these wins. Savor these wins because you know what type of team this is. It took five guys, a, a, a record for the Mavs, in tw- to score 20 points each or more for us to get this game against right. a, against Popovich. I just don't look at the Spurs like they're random guys. They are coming from the school of Popovich. Those guys know where to be. They even if they do miss a guy, they're they're playing just like if that guy was there and it shows. So I look at Popovich in all the years he's had when it comes to the Spurs, but that's besides the point. Um but Look, you just have to put a better squad, and we're digging out the hole that the last regime put us. And damn it, I wish Dirk could have played with Kyrie. I wish Dirk could have played with Seawood. We never gave him that chance through the twenty years he played for the Mavs. I can't really say like he ever played with an All Star except for Jason Kidd on the on the um the championship team, and then we blew that up. Yeah. You know, so. 
So it's like you got to come through it. I know a lot of fans may be new to the Mavs. I'm not sure how long y'all been fans, but I was born and raised in Dallas. So I've been here. Kirk has been here. So it's like I'm looking at it, and I'm I get happy when we get these wins. We lo- for goddamn sake, we lost to the Houston Rockets. <laughs> we That's lost right. to the OKC Thunder. And I feel like the reason most Mavs fans are so mad that it didn't have to be that way. It just was that way because Jay Kidd's coaching decisions and he had, I still don't, I, he could still go for all I care. Um, but what I did want to say and come on here and say, Luca is not really going nowhere. He, and I do hope he does take a break, uh, a break um, one off season and, you know, not play for his country um, just so he can, because I feel like he's been playing since the age of 16 every I mean, he really, he really, really has. 20, 2017, which is where his international legend really became a thing. Uh, I want to say it was also the World Championships. He basically hasn't stopped playing basketball since. And if and one of the reasons why he fell in the draft in 2018 was he kind of let his body go. And that was where the Mina Kimes article came out when they went to hard times. And she wrote about how he ordered all this food. And that, like, stuck in people's brains. And and it's he really has played so much basketball, and it's it's the fact that he's been healthy like he has been is actually really kind of it's it's impressive. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't broken. Yeah, he hasn't had a like a ACL tear. I mean, let me knock on wood. No, like stress injuries or anything like that. Yeah, he's like uh, he's built it. These Europeans like Jokic and stuff and Giannis. These they are built different. And I feel like with Luca, he's so young. It feel like he he binges out whenever he has a break. I feel like with um same um, what it was with the fat ass. <laughs> so same. When, I quit. So like binges. I kid you not, man. I, I I finished an eight week weight loss challenge, and then went and ordered a Chipotle bowl with double meat and queso. Like I didn't <laughs> wait a minute. So it's like I really sympathize with with that attitude. But I do want to say. Man, great game from, you know, Hardy had his ups and downs, but I, I really like to see he was not scared to take that late three, almost either good three. Yeah, that was big. And he I was four of 16 at that point. Woo! He was, yeah. like, <laughs> I, and, and Jason Kidd left him in. And I mean, he had no other choice. Like, who else? I hope he never loses that drive to drive to the ball. And he wasn't getting the calls. He's a rookie. I don't expect him to. Powell was there to get those, you know, those offensive rebounds late that kind of pushed it over. We came back from 16 on these guys, which I wouldn't like, I would never say without Luka and Kyrie, that could happen. But I did like his poise. Josh Green looked dead tired. It, it's like, that's what Luka has to deal with, uh, with Josh Green had to deal with tonight. He has to play an, at an all-star level on offense and then yes we do want Luca to move his feet from time to time Josh Green played his ass off on offense and still played his ass off like an like an all defensive he player did, but you know one of the things I'll say about Green so Green's been incredibly efficient these past several games he like he's got his right right back. right but on top of that the offensive stuff which I'm I'm glad about but where I'm really pleased is the defensive stuff because he was kind of being a wild ass, yeah. if we're being honest. He was getting a lot of, like, weird shit, like making plays that were kind of pissing everybody off, like 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased to see him looking looking better on both ends. Right, right. And and uh, some of his defensive foul calls, like, throughout the season, I'm, like, you know, 50-50 on. But I loved what he showed. I love what J- uh, Jaden Hardy showed. But I come on here to let, you know, C. Wood lead and score, playing, you know, I hope Jason Kidd sticks with the two bigs. Maxie, he still looks a little – a little slow down by his injury. Maxie looks I didn't really washed. like what I saw You're from him. Kind. Man, I I didn't want to say it. You just <laughs> you said it. But I feel like when when the when our stars get back, we just need Maxie to stay in one corner. He's like doing way too much in our offense. He's like not he's using like up all his to twenty minutes. He's so, he just looks worn. Yeah, it, it. I I don't. Yeah, in those last couple plays. Jesus Christ. He almost threw this game away, but Seawood, Seawood, Seawood. Let's fucking go. Learn how to set a pick, and then we can talk, man. But have a good night, you too, man. buddy. Thanks for hanging out. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see if anybody else is waiting. Oh, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Welcome. Give Ryan a second here. Uh, Ryan might have forgotten that he asked to speak. All right. Um, let me see here. Okay, guys, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate everybody joining the show. Ryan, I'll write you back. I'll invite you back up here. Let's try this. When you come out, when it, it invited you up there, and then it should uh, let you accept. And if it doesn't, let me know in the chat, and we'll bring you up. Um, man, such a ridiculous show for um. For nothing coming on, but okay. I will try one more time. Ryan failed to send invite. All right, it's spitting me an error, so it's nothing I can I can do. Um. All right, fifteen minutes to midnight. I'm gonna go to bed. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out, and we will. Um. Oh, hey, there's Ryan. Just a great ending of the show for anybody who's listening on podcasts the next day. People being like, what in the world is going on here? Um, so, Ryan, shows you up on stage. Hey, there we go. Uh, if you pull your – hey, what's going on? Sorry, man. Wasn't, wasn't giving me a prompt. No, there, no. Man. It's fine. This app's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, first off, I want to say a couple really good conversation points earlier on, like, leadership and accountability. And it's just funny because my firm right now you know, has traditionally said something along the lines of, um, you know, principle driven metric aware, which is the business equivalent of person over. Sure. Player. Okay. Uh, I like that. Yeah. And so I think like the Mavs are kind of like, they have been the kind of organization that says, yeah, we really value individuals, community commitments, all that kind of stuff. And it's at the point where like the Cuban forget the accountability side of the sports business. Um, and, you know, I said to that thing the other day on, you know, the Mavs core. I can't think of an NBA team that keeps guys for two plus years without wild success. Like the Warriors do it because they've won championships, but to play Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, Tim Harley Jr., Dorian until he got traded, Jalen until he left, but like the same few guys, a ton of minutes every, every year. And the best you did was a five game loss in the Western Conference Finals kind of unheard of um so i think like you know the accountability side the roster building we, we talk about it a lot but like this team is due for a roster trip, uh, you know and and i think about like Kyrie's, uh you know coming free agency 
the best outcome for the Mavs, honestly, and I, I appreciate Kyrie's talents independent of everything else. Um, but they got to sign and trade him just to get some new bodies in here. Let some of these guys walk and just turn over the roster. <sighs> I mean, I, I definitely see the argument, but I also think that, that what my co-host Josh Bo wrote a week ago, which was just like, this is the, t- the most talent heavy the Mavericks have been in 10 years. And that's just because of Luca and Kyrie and sending out like, so it's like sending out one guy for multiple bodies is kind of your pitch. And I, I, I get it because they've sort of shown how shorthanded they've been um, missing just Dorian's extra body around. For example, I, Team building is really hard. I mean, you're about to you're about to go into a season where if Kyrie leaves, your second and third highest players, play paid players, are going to be right. Davis Bertans and right. Harley Jr. Like, no NBA teams will look at that and go, "This is a great roster." Well, yeah, but that that comes from years of mistakes. So it's it's like what it what they well sure they, yeah they, they sort of got to hope that they could that that they could. Resign Kyrie and then do something that we can't even remotely predict. Right. And, you know, I think like Cuban, I mean, really since 18 or around about then has ran the team like an investor would. He's looking for value. He's looking for longer term, you know, cost controlled contracts on guys like Maxi and Dorian, which those contracts are very attractive and great and sure tradable. But then when those assets depreciate or whatever, then you don't have a ton left and you don't actually have the firepower you need to be competitive. Um, so then, you know, I just think that's one of the past, you know, we all know the worst case scenario of the season is missing the playoffs and conveying the pick to the mix. Like right. <laughs> they cannot be stuck in the middle that hard. They have to either get into the playoffs or um, tank super hard to get in the top 10. Um, and the last thing I'll say too, just, What's really interesting is I, I used to think that for Luca to be successful and for him to take it to the next level, he needs quality teammates on his team. Uh, and then there might be a perception, at least I used to have, of like he looks at the roster and goes, there's a bunch of clowns around here. I'm going to do my game. I'm going to try to get us some wins and be successful. But, like, if, uh, you know, if a guy on this team tries to, to check me on something, I don't really respect that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just, you know, obviously, like, Jimmy Butler or, like, Draymond Green would be the greatest things that happened to Luca's career if he had to play with him because they would just be an asshole to him the entire time. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I hate the McGee signing, but I get, <laughs> I get some of the process because it's like, hey, he's the only guy around here who's been a champion. Like, maybe he can show what it takes to be a champion to Luca. I think that process still was bad because we all know, like, he didn't have a ton to do with that. Um, but, uh, you know, like, looking at the free agency class, it's not great. Um, no. If they end up relinquishing all their cap holds and letting Wood walk and Powell and, you know, slash Reggie's partially guaranteed, like, they'll have some space. Like, I mean, why go get a Draymond or somebody. If you're going to get, you know, subpar top money and pay for somebody, get some intangibles as well. Um now, I'd also love the nuclear side of Draymond and Luca both being suspended for getting too many texts in the same season. <laughs> but um, I think that would, you know, 
I think Luca, like, think about how he talks fondly of his Real Madrid days. Yeah. It's not like those guys had better talent than he's playing with the NBA, but they were winners. And he doesn't play with winners right now. He plays with guys who are scrappy, who've overperformed in their careers, and that's great. But, like, he's a play with someone who says, Luca, I know what it takes to go climb the top of the mountain. And if that's what you want, come on this ride with me. Sure. Sure. I, I from what I've sort of discerned, and granted, I don't really I don't really have sources because like I'm not that kind of person, but from what I've discerned is that through five years, there's not a single person in the Mavericks organization who Luca has any interest in listening to. At all. No, I mean the Bo- the Boban stuff, like friends are great. I do but, think he listened you know, to Berea a lot, and that's a hindsight thing that I didn't understand at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like, and you know, um, what I can't remember, but I think Berea was still on or around the team in the bubble, like Luca's greatest shape of his life and some of the basketball. Like, even this season, how good he's been, the bubble was – he was the best player in the world, I think. Um, even with all the stuff that Dane was doing – Quad did us in the playoff series that year, but um, he, he was like the proto Luca. Um, and if he can get someone else in his life that can like the shape thing, whatever, I, I think his size is probably a function of how they want him to play now. Like kind of like a three or four that can bang in the, and you need a, you need a bigger frame to do that a lot. Um, but like if they can change the style of play and he can drop some pounds and, get the right support, then, I mean, man, it, it would be even more incredible than we're seeing now. Uh, and you're like, you know, he's got the smarts and positioning to play a good defense. If he could it's a place to do that more consistently, then, I mean, he'd be incredible. Oh, goodness. I was briefly distracted towards the end there because Steph Curry has 50 points and the, the Warriors lost by 10, <laughs> by 8. Oh, my God. I mean, the, the Warriors have to be looking at the, like, paying the insane tax to keep that team together. Right. Get these kinds of results. And, like, yep. that's why I look at the Mavs and go, like, we're keeping the same, you know, six to seven guys. And, oh, by the way, probably the three best parts of our core all left this season in Dorian, Spencer, and Jalen. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, the Warriors are probably thinking, like, Clay's getting older, Steph's getting older, Trey's getting older. Time to flip it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think like when, when the churn comes and it may not happen this season, if even I wanted to, but when the roster churn comes, if they can't get the best talent, they have to prioritize people that are not going to just tell Luca what it needs to be, but show, demonstrate, challenge, make him accountable. We know kids not going to do it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us, Ryan. All right, talk soon. Guys, we had a great time, almost an hour. Appreciate everybody hanging out. We'll be back late, late, late on Friday night. Talk soon. Go Mavs. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.